today uh, you get to hear, not just from me, you get to hear from our Cornerstone elders today. Um, so we're, we'll be sh- all sharing a little bit with you and you get to hear a little bit about uh, where we are, where we're going. We, we're really kind of kicking off a new series today called Reset. Uh, it's a fresh start to a new year. And I think every year uh, there's times that we kind of need to hit the reset button and get back to where we know we need to be. And you know, on computers, it's like every problem you have, I get phone calls all the time about computer problems, and the first thing I always ask, have you reset it? Have you rebooted? Have you turned it off? Have you turned it back on? I think that's what we've got to do with our lives sometimes. We've got to reset, say, okay, where are we at? Let's kind of start fresh, Um, and that's what we want to do this this year. One of the the unique things about Cornerstone here is that we're an elder-led church. And so for a lot of you guys, you may not have ever been part of a church like that or don't know much about our structure. Uh, I tell people we really kind of have three main leadership teams here at Cornerstone. We have our elders, which are the pastors, the overseers, the spiritual leaders of the church. Uh, Then we have our administrative team. Those are the men and women who set the budget and handle the details and uh, do uh, just all the stuff behind the scenes to keep things going. And then we have our ministry leaders who are kind of the the day-to-day people making it happen. Um, And so with those three groups, they're all working together. And I really think the way God uh, has led us to set up Cornerstone has been healthy. Uh, And so it allows for strong leadership with strong accountability, which is important in a church. Uh, And so uh, when you see me up here most of the time, I think you don't realize all the work that goes behind uh, allowing me to be here to to share the message with you. And the, the meetings of the elders who get together and pray and set the spiritual direction and and help pick the sermon topics and uh, just really think about the vision and what we want to do and how we want to do it. And then the administrative team uh, organizing all the finances and all the stuff to make it happen. And and our ministry leaders on a week-to-week basis just going out and, and ministering and uh, helping their volunteers and just serving. It, it really does. It's amazing when you step back and look at how many people are serving in this church. And I just want to thank you for that um, today. Uh, One of the things we want to do, though, is we want to talk a little bit about what's important to us here at Cornerstone, where we've been, where we're going. Um, And so I'm not going to run my mouth the whole time. I want you to hear from the Cornerstone elders. Uh, Larry was not able to be here today, um, but we have a video for him. So we're going to share that video here in just a second. And as we're playing that video, I'm going to ask the other elders and potential elders uh, to come up. Uh, But before we do that... Um, I need to explain uh, what I mean by potential or our elders in training. Um, so the way we're set up with elders, I mentioned they're the, the pastors, the overseers of the church. Um, they must meet some certain qualifications. Um, and when, they, uh, when elders are appointed, ordained, brought on here at Cornerstone, they serve for three-year uh, term, that can, and then they can do two terms. So it can be six years. And just in this past year and a half through COVID, we've had several elders kind of roll off uh, for a year of rest. Um, and so Randy Kegley has rolled off. Uh, Jack Jalo has been one of our elders. He's come off. Tony Price has just rolled off. Uh, Chris Waller on the praise team, he's getting ready to roll off. So with all of these changes, um, people coming off, we needed to bring on some new guys to train. And so you've been hearing from them on Sunday morning. Um, and these three uh, guys, uh, here's the, the scripture. I want to just share with you the scripture that they must meet 
um, in order uh, to, to really be considered as an elder. So we've got three passages here. 1 Timothy 3 is the first one. And it just says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. That's an important part of the eldership. He must not be a heavy drinking or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? And so it's pretty... Man, I mean, when you read that, it's, it's pretty scary, pretty humbling. Uh, and, uh, but at the same time, I'm thankful that we have guys that meet these qualifications that are willing to serve. There's another passage in Titus, uh, in Titus chapter 1, and I'll share it. It says, an elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife. His children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. An elder is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker. Uh, rather, uh, uh, he must enjoy or, or heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and a disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message that he was taught, and then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. So that's kind of a, a, an important passage as well. So you, you start seeing this composite picture. And there's really one other scripture passage that I'll throw in here. Uh, and it's in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. And it says, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. Uh, as a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. When the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. And so uh, the steps to being an elder here is we take nominations. Um, Those can be made at any time. We'll announce it occasionally from the stage here. Uh, we receive those, we talk with the people who are nominated, uh, and then if it's a good fit both ways, um, we proceed to inviting them to become an elder in training. And that's a three to six month process where we're talking about preaching, we're talking about theology, uh, they're taking part in our meetings and just seeing what all it entails. And so today we've got three guys who we are presenting to you as Potential elders, our Constitution says that when we do this, we present it to you, and then for two weeks, we receive your feedback. And we want good and, you know, we want good and bad feedback, right? We want, we want to hear from you guys, making sure that you agree with us, that these guys meet these qualifications. And so the three guys that we're presenting to you today, uh, uh, one is uh, Austin Pinckney, He served as a life group leader for our young adult group for a number of years. He served on the praise team. He leads a skate park outreach ministry. Um, And so he's one of the guys, Caleb Sizemore. Um, He's been serving in our youth ministry and been teaching and helping there uh, for a long time. Uh, Lucas Austin uh, is the third. He served in a lot of different roles from our administrative team to helping with our youth and our fifth and sixth grade students in the past and just a lot of stuff behind the scenes. 
Um, and so these three guys we're presenting to you today, and you're going to get to hear from, the, from them in a minute. Uh, but with that being said, um, we're going to hear from Larry first, and the other elders will come up and join me during that. Well, hey, Cornerstone. My name is Larry Van Hoos. I'm one of the elders here at the church, as well as being what we call a connections leader. And uh, I just want to talk real quick about connections again this year. Um, it's such a vital part of what we do at Cornerstone. And just this morning, I stumbled upon this verse, and Paul is talking to the body of Christ at Ephesus in uh, chapter 4, verse 2 of the book of Ephesians. He says, um, be humble and gentle. If you're going to be working together, if you're going to be connected, you really got to start there. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Sounds like Paul just spent some time with his family, don't you think? Anyway, um, moving on. He says in verse 3, Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. Notice that he, he gave us something active to do, something that we should be deliberate about. He says, you keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and you bind yourselves together with peace. It's something that we're to do, to pursue, not just hope will happen to us. And so we're going to be deliberate um, in continuing to try to connect with the members here at Cornerstone, to connect with small groups, life groups, and to connect with ministries and connect with our community and beyond. And uh, there's a couple of ways we're going to do that. Number one, we're going to focus on crisis training for our leadership. And of course, anybody within the church can participate in, in most of that. But we're going to just keep looking for ways to better serve our community and not come against those uh, crises that we just don't have any idea how to handle. At least if we can't handle it, we'll know where to go to get help for those people. You know, and actually that's um, another thing that we're going to do is that we're going to look at, at working with some other area of ministries and, and kind of connect and, and so that we don't have so much overlap. Um, and, you know, we're all, we all have the same mission to bring Christ to the community and to the world. And so we're going to try to work better at that as well. And then uh, number C, we want to help people connect with the opportunities that are already out there. Um, whether it's an existing ministry that you feel like you want to be a part of or, or maybe haven't thought of, but then you hear or you see somebody doing something and you say, hmm, I might want to be involved in that. You know, go see that person. Go see that ministry leader. Come see me or Mike, and we'll help you get connected. And if you have an idea for a ministry, um, please come and see us and talk to us about it because there's a lot of needs in the community and we can't see them all. And then finally, um, we're all going to be covering our core values. And Mike might have mentioned it. Um, but uh, the two things that I want to talk about real quick are teamwork and just how I mean, it's so obvious how we can accomplish so much more together. I remember a video that was circulating a while back where these uh, 100 men or so came together and they moved this huge barn 100 yards across a farm um, because there was a better place for it. And they, uh, they literally did it by hand. There was no equipment. Um, they just lifted it and took baby steps all the way across this field. And we saw that video in church. And uh, that's kind of how everything gets done at Cornerstone, whether it, none of us do it all. We, we need each other. We need each other's help. And uh, we certainly have a need for volunteers in the church right now. But, I mean, you take things like um, the soup kitchen meals, the community meals, Samaritan's Purse, packing, and praising in the park. Those are just some examples of how it's taken the whole community of Cornerstone nearly to bring those events together. And, and, and then, basically, they will just not happen if we aren't connected as a community within the church and with our local community. And then finally, um, the other core value that I want to talk about is just authenticity. 
And I hope that you, you appreciate that about Cornerstone is that we're not trying to put on airs. We're not, we're not trying to be somebody that we're not at home. And certainly we fail sometimes and, and you might not see me argue with my wife at church, but I, I promise you that I have argued with her at home once or twice um, in the years that we've been married. We just, we want to be real. And um, I remember in a small group one time, a new guy came to our men's group and, and we all kind of introduced ourselves and we decided to take a couple of minutes, each of us, and tell some of the things that we struggled with in our lives. And then it kind of, so it would set his mind at ease. And I remember his response after we were all done was, wow, I kind of thought y'all were a bunch of choir boys. And then I was just going to have to sit here and suffer through this. But, uh, you know, by being authentic, he was able to be authentic with us. And, and we, we connected. And uh, so we hope to help you in this coming year to connect with the other members of Cornerstone and also with the community and even beyond the community. I mean, let's just help people connect with Christ. Uh, it was good talking with you. Sorry I couldn't be there. But uh, you understand quarantine, and, and sometimes we just have to, to go with the flow, and we'll survive this. Y'all uh, have a good day. So it's good to hear from Larry there. Um, and so uh, you, you, you're going to get to hear from all of us. And I, there's no particular order, so we can just kind of pass the mic around to whoever wants to first here. Uh, but we're all going to share about some of the core values, some of the things that are important to us here at Cornerstone. And I want you to get to know these guys. The guys sitting up here are the ones that are, are meeting and praying and, and planning and, and really um, leading the church together. Um, and so um, with that, I'll just turn it over to you guys. So Eugene just voluntold me. I had to go first. So <clears throat> um, I'm Chris, by the way. Uh, see me up here uh, singing a lot of weeks, but uh, just a little bit different, um, different situation. But anyway, I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about today about some of the things we want to do, like Larry mentioned, like Mike mentioned, for the new year coming up. is uh, We'd like to hear more, um, more testimonies. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in this church. There's a lot of people, a lot of lives have been affected by this church and been affected by Christ. And, um, you know, there's some powerful stories of transformation. Um, you know, people have been, their lives have been changed through the gospel. And, uh, you know, we want to celebrate that. We want to hear from you guys about that. Um, so if you have a story that you want to share, um, you know, maybe it's your story, maybe it's somebody else's story. Of course, you want to get their permission. You don't want to uh, be telling somebody's story and mention specifics without their permission. But anyway, um, it's powerful when you hear from other people who have been uh, touched by the gospel and who have changed their lives and uh, who are now following Jesus. Uh, so we want to we want to try to do better about celebrating that in the coming year. Um, and the two core values that I want to talk about are grace and celebration. Um, so there's a little story I read this week about grace. Um, and it was this, the story of this girl who was, she was adopted. Um, and her adopted family always went to Disney World every year. Uh, but for some reason, you know, the story didn't mention why, they always left this girl behind. So the biological family got to go, but the adopted child had to stay with family or something like that. Um, and you can imagine how that must have felt for the girl. You know, she was always um, left out, and she got to hear about Disney World, but she never got to experience it. Um, you know, she struggled with that, and she, you know, she always wanted to go. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't, it doesn't give the details in the story, but uh, she's adopted by a different family. Um, so when, when she's adopted by this other family, the, the dad makes it a point and says, I'm going to take you to Disney World. As soon as we have the opportunity, we're going to take you. You're going to go. And... Um, so the time came, it was a couple months before they were supposed to go, and he told the kids, you know, we're going to Disney World, and of course everybody was excited, 
But the little girl who was adopted, she was, you know, she was like, yeah, this is, this is not going to happen. I'm not going to get to go. Um, so over the next couple of months, she was acting out. She was doing all these things, stealing, lying, uh, you know, just, just causing a ruckus. Um, and so the dad pulled her aside and was like, you know, talking to her and uh, kind of going to, you know, uh, discipline her for her actions. And she's like, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, I can't go to Disney World. And the dad's like, well, you know, we're going as a family, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, and you're part of this family. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm part of this. And he's like, well, you're going to Disney World. So anyway, they go to Disney World, and they get there. And, of course, she continues her rampage, and she's acting up the first day and, you know, just, just uh, into all kinds of trouble. But at the end of the day, uh, they go back to the hotel room, and the girl's, you know, really exhausted and tired. And, and the dad says, well, how was your first day, your first time to Disney World? And she's like, you know, it was pretty good. It was great. And she's like, you know, the best part about it was I got to go. And she says, I got to go not because I was good, but because I'm yours. And that was a, to me, that's a perfect picture of grace. It's like you get this reward, you get to experience Christ, not because we're good, but because we're his. Um, you know, that's something we believe in here. We believe in second chances, and we want to give people second chances. Uh, God gives us all second, third, fourth, you know, uh, the grace is just unending. And so we want to we wanna offer that to people here at Cornerstone as well and hope that you would, as people with you interact with, is that you'd be gracious. Um, and then the second core value I want to talk about was celebration. Um, if you look back in the cafe, there's um, all of our core values are on these canvases over on this wall. And the one for celebration is a picture of uh, somebody being baptized. Um, and it's a celebration of that new life, that rebirth um, when you believe in Jesus. So, you know, that's something we um, strive for here is to celebrate when someone comes to know Christ and um, they turn their life around and uh, follow Jesus. And I, I was asking Mike yesterday, I was like, you know, it'd be neat to know how many people have been baptized since Cornerstone started. Uh, what has it been, 12, 13 years, something like that, 14 years. So there's been 195 people baptized uh, through Cornerstone. So that's something we can celebrate. Uh, we hope there's many more. Uh, so if you're here and you haven't been baptized, you're a follower of Jesus, you want to proclaim that and become a member of this church family, we encourage you to do that. But uh, I think that's pretty much all I got. All right, so I guess I'll go since I'm next in line. Uh, my name's Eugene. Uh, I've been an elder for a couple years now. COVID kind of, I don't really know how long it's been. We'd have to look back somewhere and see when the official day was. But um, uh, my wife and I have been going here for, I don't know, a number of years. Um, but we've always tried to be involved in um, different places, sometimes too many places at times, uh, getting involved in different things. I just love being busy within the church. Um, I try to stay behind the scenes. I don't always do that. Um, I like working back there at the soundboard, even though sometimes it's nerve-wracking. Um, or being up here playing drums, I like to hide behind the shield. But um, I really love uh, being involved with the youth. I've been involved with youth for a number of years, not just here, but a long time, probably 20-something years. Um, but being involved with the youth here uh, is just, it's a time, first of all, because as some would call it, I'm a man-child. Uh, so I enjoy, like, you know, hanging out with the kids and just acting stupid, and but still getting to know the kids, and I call them kids. They're, well, yeah, to me, they're kids. I guess I'm old enough I can say that now. Um, but, like, I love being involved because not every, I don't get to talk to all of them once they leave here, um, but there are still a few uh, kids, because they're still younger than me, um, that are in like their 20s now 
and and they're going through life and they're struggling in life with different things and being able to to have conversations with them and to see where they are see what they're doing um pray with them pray for them you know and i love that that we give that opportunity you know that we we take the time in the youth ministry to to do that and of course you know it doesn't just start with the youth ministry we do have the the children's ministry as well uh i've i've been involved down there in different aspects um we used to do like live music down there uh we get to watch the kids go crazy down there but um i really love that that it's you know it's one of our core values is that is that we're we're working on like building the next generation you know some people might say that it, they're the next church or the upcoming church but they are a part of this church they they serve now even even as little kids and teenagers are serving now in different aspects and and we can learn from them you know they have different views that we might not have um but i love that we can take that time and pour into them starting you know as young as they get and even if it's just singing a song and doing a a, a little bible lesson with them and and acting silly and and being goofballs and then as we bring them into the youth then we still do the same thing we still sing songs and act like goofballs and um, you know, take them on crazy trips and really get to know them then. But um, the, the van rides are usually interesting, to say the least, depending on who you have in the van. Um, I don't know how many times we've had karaoke and singing and screaming and depending on whether it's guys or girls in the van. Um, but it, it's been interesting over the years to see them grow up and, and, and do that. And I love being a part of that. And I love that um, we put a ton of emphasis on that in this church. Good morning. Uh, my name is Caleb. Uh, we've been coming here about six and a half years now, me and my wife. Uh, our first child was born just just at the time we started here, and he's about six and a half, so that's a good way to remember that. Um, as elders here at the church, we take the Word of God as being, like, top priority. We don't want to... Uh, stray away from it. Uh, we believe that it is a good guide for us, uh, the perfect guide, a good influence. Uh, our standard of living, you know, God made this earth. It's his. He owns it. Because of that, he gets to make the rules. And we have a perfect rule book for this. And we want to honor that. Um, in, in, I think it's James chapter 3, verse 1, uh, it, it talks about not everybody needing to be teachers of the word because they're held to a higher standard. They're judged differently. And we as elders, we take it very seriously. And this is something that I've struggled with for a long time. I used to teach Sunday school at another church. And I remember I did screw up one day. And it just, it, it, it still devastates me uh, because I taught something that I shouldn't. And uh, Coming from that, I learned so much from it. Now, when I go to teach, I make sure I know what I'm saying. I make sure I look into Scripture. But in today's time, a lot of people are looking for their desires to be filled. Uh, we all have sinful desires. We have wants and needs that we want to be fulfilled. And here at Cornerstone, we don't really want to do that. We, we want to honor God's Word as it is. We want to... Uh, be, as the Bible calls us in Matthew 5, uh, I think it's Matthew 5, 13, uh, it says that we should be salt of the earth. And salt has a few uh, properties to it. 
One is that it, it makes things taste better, and uh, we should we should be that way in the in the world. You know, we should uh, honor God by being good people, going to the world and and working in the world. And on top of that, we also uh, should have another property of of salt being a preservative. We should preserve the Word of God as it is written, not as what we want it to say. And it also, in that, uh, salt is also an irritant. Uh, try pouring salt on a wound. It's, it's a pretty bad thing to feel. And if we do stick with the Word of God, if we do uh, hold it as, you know, accurate, we're going to be salt in the wounds of a lot of people. Because people want to live in their sin. They do not want to be, you know, feel this condemnation from their sin. Anyway, uh, we want, to be, we want to be like this, but at the same time, we want to be compassionate. We don't want to compromise, but we want to be compassionate to these people. And, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of lost people out here, and we know where they're going, and we have to have compassion on them. But to do this, we have to have a perfect, uh, a perfect balance of truth and grace. And the best way that I can, I can explain this is going to uh, John chapter 8, uh, verse, I think it's 1 through uh, 11. This is when the Pharisees uh, bring the uh, adulterous woman to, to Jesus, and they say, uh, look at this woman. She, uh, she's committed adultery, and by the law of Moses, we should you know, condemn her to be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus bends down, writes in the dirt, and when he gets back up, he says, the person without sin cast the first stone. With one little sentence, that was perfect truth perfect truth. And we, know, we all understand this. As Christians, we feel this. We know we are sinners. That's one of the reasons we come to Christ. But after this, he bends back down. He starts messing with the dirt again. And one by one, uh, from the older to the younger, the, these men walk away. And the woman is the only one left. And when he stands back up, he looks at her and says, is no one left? Did nobody stay to condemn you? And he, she says, not one. And he says, neither will I condemn you. Go and, you know, uh, sin no more. Perfect grace. That is a perfect balance between truth and grace. And here at Cornerstone, we believe strongly in the truth of God's word. Uh, that is one of our core values. And because of that, we want to honor God's word in everything that we do. Good morning, I'm Lucas. Uh, as Caleb said, my wife and I have been going here several years. Um, have two daughters, Abigail, she's 13. Uh, my youngest, Carly Ann, she's eight. And my wife's 30, I mean, <laughs> 29, I mean, 29. Anyway, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how we've been blessed uh, here at Cornerstone with our facilities. You know, recently we have our carpet here. As everybody can see, it's really nice. In the past couple years, we were able to purchase the old Blevins building and transform that and renovate that into center, what is now Center 242. Uh, and if you didn't know, and I had forgotten what uh, passage 242 had came from, so I had to look it up again. So I'm going to read it here. It's Acts 2:42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
And I can tell you the facility so far has lived up to its name. Uh, it's in use almost every day of the week. Uh, various uh, outreach programs, ministries, life groups. And, uh, you know, most importantly to me is that our youth has found a place to call home. And Eugene mentioned earlier about the youth. Uh, my oldest daughter, Abigail's of age to attend youth. She loves it. And uh, it's really transformed her life. And, you know, I, this is a little bit off of my subject, but, you know, Jenny uh, does so much for the church, and Abigail just adores her. Uh, Caleb and Eugene are involved in that as well, uh, and several others, but we appreciate those guys. Uh, but the, I think my daughter and these I mentioned here would also say that the facilities allowed them uh, to grow the program or re-energize the program a place for them to call home. So we're very proud of it, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's meant a lot to my family. Uh, in 2022, we, you know, we want to continue with our renovations in our facilities. Uh, downstairs, we have plans for uh, renovations of the community room, adding maybe a conference room, an office, uh, and really just streamlining our entrance down there uh, to make it a little more simple. Uh, we ask you guys to pray with us uh, that all these facilities and upgrades will be used for the glory of God, uh, and we appreciate that. Uh, my word, core value today is commitment. Uh, you know, the world, you know, tr tries to tell us that commitment's not important, you know, this day and age. You know, you do you, you know. Uh, if it's too hard, quit. Quit in the middle of the season. Quit during the middle of the work day. It doesn't matter. You know, as long as you're happy. You know, here at Cornerstone, we still hold commitment as a core value, and it's important to us, number one, uh, to commit yourself to God. And to do that, if you haven't done it yet, uh, if you want to make the, uh, the Lord Jesus your personal Savior, we ask that you do it today. You know, don't wait. We'll transform your life. Uh, and, you know, these guys, somebody else mentioned baptism. Uh, you know, be committed to God in that aspect. Also, the vision and mission of Cornerstone. Be committed to uh, that. And lastly, be committed to uh, growing your faith. Whether you're a new believer or an old believer, uh, there's always room for growth. And just be the church uh, seven days a week and practice what we preach here on Sunday. Good morning, everyone. My name is Austin. I'm going to open up with a verse here. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that verse really kind of gets to one of our core values here, and that's transformation. Uh, we are growing to become more like Jesus. I know personally I can say that my life has been radically changed by God through this church. Um, the things that are important to me now, the things, that I, the things that I want, the things that I put priority on are so much different than they were seven years ago when I became a Christian. My life looks so different, I would say. And, and I can't say that... Um, it's a stop. There's a stopping point. I think we're called to be continually transformed. I would say now, 
I, I still see the ways that God wants to transform me. Uh, fun fact, six years ago, I lived in a, in a camper. The only other thing I'd take care of was a dog. And now, and I thought I was pretty patient. You know, it's probably pretty, pretty easy to be patient whenever you live in a camper and you only have a dog to take care of, you know, um, and yourself, of course. Now I have two children and a wife. We don't live in a camper anymore. We live in an actual house. But um, I, I would say that now I'm recognizing that I'm not as patient or graceful as I thought I was. Uh, I see that these ways, and those are, those are just two examples that I think God is, uh, wants to continually transform me. So having experienced that in our lives, I, I would uh, be willing to bet that these guys have all experienced that, um, that kind of radical transformation by Jesus in their lives. We want to see that in the community. We want to see that in the world. And so that kind of gets to our, our next, like our big idea um, or, or I'd say my big idea that I'm sharing is, is our expanding our community outreach. So kind of how do we go about doing that? Uh, another one of our core values is generosity. We want to be radically generous. And, and that doesn't necessarily just mean being generous with money. We tend to attach that word to money. It can mean money. It can be giving in a generous way. It could also be using your time, your talents, anything like that to uh, just being generous, being willing to give that up uh, rather than keeping it to do something maybe you want to do or um, whatever that looks like, giving that time, that money, that, those resources, your talent up uh, to reach people. So that's kind of one thing we want to do this, focus on this year is how are we going to reach the community? We have a couple of ideas. One thing uh, is this idea of like a block party, um, show up somewhere with, um, kind of like we do, in, if you've been to Nicaragua, you know, we go to villages, we take um, gifts, we take, we, they, they prepare a big meal, they have a, a, a doctor usually doing some stuff like that, and they just play games with the kids and they give to the community. There are local pastors who kind of know what that community needs, and we kind of want to do something similar to that here. Uh, I don't think we have any exact vision of what that looks like, so we're, we're open to ideas, but we do have, you know, we want to um, do something similar to that. Also, uh, Mike mentioned earlier, we've kind of partnered with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes doing skate park ministry. Uh, that's something we want to, be to try to expand in 2022. Uh, so I'm especially looking forward to that. I love skateboarding. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all we're hoping to reach our community for Christ in 2022. So it was good hearing from these guys, isn't it? And so I want you guys, yeah, give them a hand. Um, I read somewhere that the fear of speaking in public is more than the fear of dying for most people. And so it's not always easy to get up here and talk, um, but I really do appreciate these guys. I want you to get to know them. And of course, these, uh, these three on this end here uh, are the ones that we're presenting to you as uh, elders, a potential elders. So uh, we want to hear your feedback and, and encourage them too. Uh, talk to them, and if you've got any concerns, let any of uh, the other ones of us know, and, uh, but we're excited about them coming on this year. Um, I kind of wanted just to wrap things up a little bit by talking about the idea that we're all about Jesus, the focus that we have here at Cornerstone, and it really, everything we do, it's not about making Cornerstone great. It's not about making any one of us great. It's about making Jesus famous right here in Galax. We want to see this community transformed. Uh, we want to see the world transformed. And I've, one of the things I'm most proud of about this church is the impact that it's had on our community and the world even 
um, from right here in tiny little Galax. Um, and so I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just blown away by what God has done and continues to do. Um, there's a, a passage in Matthew 28 that really drives everything we do. And it's kind of Jesus' final command, his final orders to the church. Uh, and it's, just, it's known as the Great Commission. Um, and we're going to put it up on screen. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on, and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And I just want to point out something about that. When it says to go and make disciples, it's more than just, hey, getting people saved. It's actually to teach them, to disciple them, to help them understand what it means to follow Jesus. And so, yes, we want to see people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but we don't stop there. Uh, we want to help them really grow in their faith. And so you see a lot of different activities, a lot of different ministries, but there's a lot of effort in this church about making disciples. Uh, we take the Word of God serious, uh, as Caleb says, but we use it uh, to help us understand what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to lead like Jesus. And so when we take this great commission to, to go and make disciples, then baptize them, and then teach them to obey everything that Christ has commanded, that's a huge task. And I'm telling you, one guy can't do it. These six guys can't do it. It's going to take this whole church working together to fulfill the great commission. Um, and, I, you know, and I'm just... I'm, I want you to know that greater things are still ahead for this church. Um, COVID has been crazy this last year and a half. And as soon as we thought we got out of it, we're right back in it again. Um, but God has been good. And I know a lot of you have experienced health problems and sickness and heartache and pain. But when we're part of a community, it doesn't matter what we go through. We, we have God to lead us through it. And we want to be here to help guide you in, in your faith journey, to help you learn how to take that next step for Christ, uh, wherever it is. And to be there to, to you know, the, the verse in 1 Peter said to care, that part of the job of the elders is to care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. And so part of the responsibility of eldership is for caring. Uh, it's teaching, it's protection, it's caring. It's the job of a shepherd. And so I just share that just because... I want you to know who we are as a church. I want you to know the leadership of this church. I want you to understand that you can come to us at any time and share your concerns, share your heartbreak, share your needs, um, and that we're all here to, to help you. And so um, with that being said, um, I really do appreciate these guys sharing a little bit about who we are, about what we're doing. Our focus this year, it's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be about making disciples. It's going to be about transforming our community. It's going to be about, uh, be about being a blessing to this community that we're in. Um, and so as we've been planning out the sermon series for this year, I'm already excited. I'm excited about stuff that we're going to be teaching in March and April and June um, that's coming up that we already know like where God is leading us. Um, and so we're already working towards that. So uh, just guys, we, we ask your continued prayers. Uh, for our community, for our church. Um, and um, as you've heard from all of us in, in one way or another 
kind of bring it back to Jesus. It is all about Him. And so if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity today to say, I want to make that decision. Maybe it, maybe it was something at Christmas just really spoke to your heart and said, I understand why Jesus came to, to be one of us. He came because we needed a Savior. And so... Uh, I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, we're going to get ready to, to close with some worship today in our response time. Uh, but would you guys pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. We thankful for all your, just your love and your grace. Lord, it's so exciting to, to be part of a leadership team that's so focused on honoring you and, and being a blessing to you. Lord, I pray for this church, just that you would give us, continue to give us opportunities to see people turn from their sin and turn to God. Lord, I pray that we would be a church where people consistently see Jesus in us. Lord, um, I pray for those in this church that, um, I pray for those listening online, I pray for those in our community that don't know you yet, and I pray that they would be able to see Christ in us. They would see love. They would see hope. They would see grace. They would see the mercy and the forgiveness that can be found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so today, Lord, as we worship together, as we celebrate, as we think about this upcoming year, as we kind of hit the reset button uh, of our life, Lord, I pray that you would help us just to put Christ first. Lord, I pray for those that don't know you. Would today be that day that they would be able to say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I confess my sin. I turn to you. Come into my life and change me and transform me to be more like Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray today. Amen.